I'd like to welcome Izar to Cyberbytes, the podcast. It's great to have you on. And Izar, for the audience, is the CTO and co-founder of Right Hand Cybersecurity. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me in this podcast, Stephen. You're welcome, dude. Um, for the audience that, that don't know you, um, I'd like to start. Could you introdu introduce yourself, explain who you are, um, and also the problem that right-hand security solves? Definitely. So, yeah, my name is Uzair, like Stephen mentioned. I'm CEO and co-founder of Right Hand Cybersecurity. Right Hand Cybersecurity is a human risk management platform. What we do, we help companies to make their employees more resilient against cyber threat. One of the major problems that we have seen and faced in the market is most of the companies were relying on technological solutions. While technology solution is a need of the market, they are not good enough to change the human behavior. Hmm. Whenever that technology layer was failing, they were the, the companies were getting breached. And right now, based on the statistics, uh, based on the latest report that Verizon published as well, 88% of the attacks are successful just because of a human error. These are not malicious 88 percent wow. so and, and 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 unfortunately it's not something that it's a malicious intent it is like people are not just prepared they are not conditioned enough they do not have enough awareness how they can protect themselves so that is where the companies like right hand cybersecurity steps in they help them to build a second layer of defense Sure. by empowering, by training their employees, by conditioning their employees against real-world scenarios. So they should get more familiarity how they can identify these attacks, how they can protect themselves while they are spending time with their families, while they are working in their office. So we help them to basically get this cyber awareness and protect themselves. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of questions that I want to ask later on in in the podcast around that because yeah it's as you say the human element is is still massive and it's the biggest risk. Um, but before we we jump into that, um, it, can we just rewind and and take it back to your earlier days? Like, what what's your story? How did it all happen for you to eventually end up as a co-founder and CTO of your own startup? Yeah, that, that that's pretty interesting. So I'm always a startup guy. So I, I used to work, it's been like more than a decade since I'm working with startups. I also believe on learning from the other people's experiences as well. So in the early days, I was working as a technology consultant to different startups. Then I joined as a head of technology in one of the startups in Singapore. Uh, the birth of right-hand idea was very organic. Uh, so my co-founder was from the cybersecurity space. I used to head security teams uh, in my previous career. So when we were trying to do this, we were going for an organic idea. And that is something which I will recommend as well. If anyone is planning to start a new company, start a new startup, is do not go for a solution. Go and identify a need in the market. So we were validating like, what is that? Because this is something which was a trend that my co-founder has heard a couple of times that we are paying millions of dollars to these technology company, but still we are getting reached. So I guess there was a very interesting uh, incident that happened while we were doing the research. So we met with a cybersecurity reseller company who recently had a mistake of BC attack and paid $600,000. Mm. 
Wow. And for them, the the idea was like, can you do something? Because it was just an employee mistake who did not identify that there was an intruder in that threat. So we started validating that are there any other companies who are trying to who are facing something similar? Yeah. And then we realized like this this is something which is a problem for every individual company. Of course, the priority of this problem can can vary based on the size of the company. But this 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 is a massive problem that people are dealing with right now. The industry was relying on it. It was not something that we have thought about this solution for the very first time. There were certain companies who were providing awareness training. So then we started investigating, like what is happening in the ecosystem? Why this the industry is not effective in that way? And mm -hmm. we realized that the industry overall was actually driven by compliance requirements. So most of the cyber awareness training was like once every year you are getting the cyber awareness training. And then uh, you, you are exporting a report and that was sufficient for your compliance requirement. It was not designed to change the behavior. So that was one of the biggest learning for us. So then we started validating this idea from with, with different CISOs, which is an mm -hmm. ideal um, persona that we are dealing with right now. And we started getting their feedback. I still remember our first sale was on a PPT slide. We don't have any product back then. Mm -hmm. It was just an idea. It was just like people would be like, okay, there are solutions that we have used. We did not find it more effective. Can you solve this problem for us? And that actually gave us to right hand border mm. that we started by solving one problem at a time. And yeah. after it's been more than four years, we do not add any feature in our product until unless it's not validated by our existing customer or future prospects. Yeah, interesting. And when you were like an IC and then progressing to management and leadership roles on the tech side, did you always see yourself starting your own like gig? Because I, I hear different things from founders and was it always the route you're like, okay, I do want to run something myself eventually, or did it just coincidentally just happen? Well, it is actually. So uh, I, in, in my past career, I have uh, tried a couple of startups. So I, I have a few failed startups in the past, but Again, I started back in my country. Uh, again, at that time, the startup ecosystem was not that mature. So the whole idea I relocated to Singapore was with an idea to actually start something new. So it's not the first time I did this. Uh, and that is one of the reasons I, I always, I, I never wanted to work with MNCs in my past career because I'm a kind of guy who wanted to see impact in, in real, uh, real time. So I, want, uh, I love to work with founders. I still hang out with a lot of founders to learn from their experiences, what challenges they are facing, what I can learn from their experiences. So yeah, yeah I guess it's it's something which is kind of ingrained in me. Uh, so, it, but again, I I did enjoy my time as an IC as well, and now yeah. as a founder, of course, it comes with a little, a lot yeah. more responsibilities. <laughs> but yeah, no sure, and I, I know we're briefly discussing before but you founded right hand security back in 2019 and in the last five years the events we've had uh, have been pretty crazy um right what's your how have how has that five years been and keen to understand like are there any like key learnings from the events that we've been through that you could share that maybe other founders are experiencing or are looking to start up and you want to share with them um, insight from your experience over that time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I usually joke about this, like we are kind of lucky or unlucky founders who have seen pretty much every situation we have seen uh, corona period. Uh, then we have seen this recession period. 
And I guess the biggest learning that helped us to sustain, because we have seen it actually did not work well for a lot of companies, is that from day one, me and my co-founder was we were focusing on ROIs. Our North mm. Star was always ROI and how we can keep ourselves lean. Uh, we do not believe on having um, a fancy lifestyle like usually sometimes as, as an entrepreneur is considered as a taboo, right? Okay, uh, being an entrepreneur, you, you raise money and you have a lavish lifestyle. So we try to keep ourselves super lean. Our focus is always on to, in terms of our customer, how we yeah. can keep our customer happy, how we can keep on innovating our product to keep it relevant to the market. Because most of the time what usually happens is you start with something and then you just try to sell whatever you think is a solution of the market. Unfortunately, this is this is a good learning for us and maybe it will be more for most of the founders as well. Yeah. The market situation is changing very rapidly. You have to adapt to the needs of the market. You have to adapt to the uh, advanced technological solutions. Like previously, I usually quote this example that one of the famous uh, teaching of in, uh, in our industry is whenever you are going and identifying a phishing email, just go and look at the grammar. You go and look at like yeah. if there are any type type of mistakes. Now we have generative AI. No one is going to type these emails and making these grammatical mistakes. People are using these generative AI tools to craft really advanced, legit templates. And even like now people are crafting lookalike templates when they are like where they are identifying the writing pattern. So sure. this was again one of the teaching that that you students okay see like if the writing pattern is different different than uh, what you used to get so yeah. now you have to be extra careful and when you are teaching your people when you are uh, incorporating solutions around your product you have to think about this like okay now these with these new circumstances is my mm. product having yeah. sufficient solution available for the market needs or not yeah it's interesting the point you may make about being lean i think we've we've all seen it right in the market especially over the last right. month just the cut workforce cuts where people have overhired they've exactly. arguably got a little bit excited with the funding and they've gone a bit bit crazy with with the hiring side what what tips would you give so like you said you you've kept lean which has been really like beneficial to you as a business like how, how have you done that like what 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 decisions come around staying lean um yeah, is there anything you can share there? Yeah, I guess uh, for, for this, I all uh, I usually give a lot of credit to my co-founder as well. And that is why I always recommend people to have a co-founder because in this case, you always keep challenging each other on, on different decisions. So we usually try to first understand the, understand the actual need that we have. So right now, we do not believe on overhiring. We usually hire when we identify that okay now there's a legit need where we need to fill we identify that what is the gap that we have in the company that we need to fill then we usually go after on that particular persona we do not uh, we do not open random roles in the company mm. we identify needs we create a persona around those needs and we really go for a very targeted hiring for those for those roles yeah nice again there are pros and cons for that one of course that that can extend our hiring cycle time which yeah. is not sometimes ideal for the companies, but at the same time, when you hire someone, you know that, okay, this is the person that you need in your organization. And that is something which we have seen that right now yeah. we have an amazing retention period. And that is the only the only reason behind this is we only hire people that we need yeah. in, in the company. 
Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I think I don't know how many companies do that. But as you say, looking at if you've wanted a, a new business, for example, or close a new customer, then working back from that, right, and just identifying where the gaps are um, makes sense. And one thing I wanted to cover, because I know you guys at Right Hand Security, you're doing things slightly differently, I believe, from some of your competition in, sen- in the sense that we, we spoke about the gamification piece right um are you able to share some more insight of, of what you're doing around the that and um how that's potentially different from your traditional sort of like cyber training yeah definitely so i guess what what i i, I usually portray it this way like our competitors have done an excellent job so uh, 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 i i usually admire them the way they have articulated the awareness industry but I, what I strongly believe in when we started this company is to identify like what are the challenges, what are the lapses mm. that still exist in the industry and how to define this industry for the next year. So initially, like I said, it was a very compliance deliver, uh, driven industry and people were happy with that, uh, with that check of the box training. You use this lingo where you are providing the same content to everyone. But the manual nature of this content distribution and the whole idea of these long, boring videos was working well whenever we were only dealing with boomers' generation, right? So yeah. I, 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 I like to read a lot about like how different generations are evolving, what are their interests, what attracts them. There's a reason why even platforms like YouTube and others are everyone is transitioning to Reels because the shift in generation the attention span is changing. People yeah. are not. People do not have the uh, the uh, people have the capacity to watch long videos. So that was one thing that we learned from the industry. The second thing was like sometimes people were sourcing products. There, there's a there's an immense shortage of human resources that exist in cybersecurity today. I mm. guess if I'm not wrong, the projection is by the end of 2024 it will be. Don't don't quote me on this number. I get three million empty jobs. I'm not sure what is the right number, but the number is significantly high as compared to other industries. People do not have enough human resources in their organization to manage mm-hmm. generational tools. And the third thing is everything was designed on some random content. So you are providing a training to an employer, stating that there will be a web page that you will see on your browser, and then you you have to save yourself. So these are the learnings that we extracted. And the first thing that we implemented is a completely completely automated a cyber awareness program, mm. which was interactive. It has adaptive learning and it was completely gamified. So nice. how we have designed this is that instead of feeding the same content to everyone, it basically understands the learning appetite of each individual, knowledge retention span of each individual and creates personalized journey of each individual employee. And it, it even personalized content based on the department of the user. So you just define, all you have to do is to configure your parameters. Every company can configure their own parameters. Yeah. And the awareness platform runs on an autopilot. And nice. the whole awareness, awareness platform is very interactive. So it's not something that you will be watching a video to learn something. It's interactive exercises. So you will be typing your password and you can see in real time based on your company policies. So every company can define their own policy. And you can only pass that scenario if you will be typing the password that is matching with your company needs. So the next time when you are typing your password for your corporate account, you should mm. know like, okay, what are the criteria I need to define? It's not like, okay, you should have seven characters or eight characters. Yeah. Same is the case for 
a malicious website, you have to go and choose on the browser. So you can see like how different type of squad domains will appear in this browser window when you will be mm -hmm. interacting on your mobile phone or desktop. So the complete experience was very interactive. And then we had some games yeah. like bubble burst games. So you are just playing a game while you are learning a concept. Uh, and uh, and the major thing was while you are doing these activities, everything is gamified here. You are unlocking badges. There is a leaderboard where you are competing with each other individually, department-wise, office location. Wise. Nice. So the whole journey was very interactive. So that actually helped us. This is something which only right hand is offering today. This kind of platform. Nice. So that actually helped uh, help us uh, like uh, that actually provided a lot of great feedback. But yeah. again, since the industry was very compliance driven, they also needed module-based training. So we thought like, okay, we are not going to do just videos because that is not something again, what, what we interviewed a few employers, like how do you complete your training? They will be like, okay, we have two more monitors. And on one monitor, we have these uh, videos and we brute force our way when it comes to questions uh, to complete these training. So we started working on premium modules, which are very, again, very interactive modules. There are different mm -hmm. games within the modules and the content. You cannot just brute force your way. You have to complete the exercises to move to the next step. Yeah. So that worked really well. So when we completed all this uh, existing scenario, and then when it comes to phishing simulation, our approach was very data-oriented. So it was not like, okay, you have 10% click rate. Okay, what does it mean for my company? What does it mean by this 10%? Our approach was very data-oriented. Like you need to know, like at what particular time your employees are engaging, what mm. are the devices where they are engaging, what are the central personas where they are, uh, uh, which are most riskiest, risky for your employees. What are the type of email template they are engaging? Because a human behavior gets an impact based on time. Like late at night, mm. you do not care about. You just respond to emails if if you see something. If you are on your mobile. Same is the case if you are in vacation mode, your interest will be interacting with any discount dates. If you are in finance and there is a there is an audit happening, you will not care like, okay, who is asking for information because you have to take it. So all these things, same is the case when you join a new company, you are most likely to respond to CEO emails which prove yourself that, okay, you are very mm -hmm. responsive. So all these factors impact on human behavior. So right, the whole goal of, of right hand is how we can change behavior. So we started with the journey of the simulated behavior. We provided this automated training. People really like it, but they will be like, this is a game, something that is proactive. What about like people are learning this, but since everyone, when they are working in the real world environment, the knowledge deteriorates. What you are doing in that environment, how you can help us in that environment. So right now we are working on the product where it will coach your users in real time. So we are integrating your, with, with the existing nice. cybersecurity tools. So the moment an employee will make a mistake, we will provide them a coaching nudge. So it's something like you are in a playground and you make a mistake and your coach is there and the coach will provide immediately provide you a nudge, like how you can improve. And after a couple of iterations, your behavior will change. So now basically the whole ecosystem of HRM is designed how we can change the behavior by not just checking the book, but providing the actual value to these organizations. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, how, how far off is that, do you think, that that new advancement? Is that, is that could that happen this year? Is that a, a long way off? Already live. Oh, it's sorry. Oh, cool. already live. So right now we are, we, we are testing it with, with first early adopters. Nice. And the plan is like in next month or two, it will be available for everyone. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, great addition. Um, and in terms of like common mistakes that you see businesses make when it comes to employee infected cyber risk, what are the maybe like the top one or two mistakes that you see? Is is there like one or two that stand out amongst others? Well, honestly speaking, uh, I don't think so. These are the businesses that make these mistakes. Again, of course, not training them uh, against these attacks is a mistake. By the end of the day, you cannot expect people to have one of the major mistakes is to train them once every year and expect that they will retain this information because realistically it's not possible. And that is something we have incorporated in it in our automated training awareness product as well. So there's a famous concept of space learning. It is from academia, and I guess it was initially introduced in 18th century, I guess, 1800 something, yeah. if I'm not wrong about the date. The concept was designed that every human has a forgetting curve. And it varies from human to human. There's always a possibility that maybe I can retain that information for a week, but you can retain the same information for a month. So sure. if you are training me after one week or after one month, it's a useless exercise. I lost that concept a week, uh, uh, three weeks ago. But if you are, we are training you every week, it's an overkill for you because you can retain the same knowledge. So you need to retrain a user by the time when they're about to forget that concept and then they, they can retain that information for a longer period of time. So it's a very interesting concept. Anyone who is interested in academia or uh, learning, this, uh, usually it's, it's usually done using flashcards and that's the concept we replicated in our awareness product as well. You get the training in terms of flashcards and mm -hmm. then if you do not answer something correctly, it revises that concept immediately until unless you learn it. And then you also get revision based on your forgetting curve. So that yeah. is something which we, we, we encourage companies to make sure, do not rely on yearly training. That will not make a difference. Of course, it will be good enough for your company's case. But if you really wanted to change, change the behavior, you have to make sure that the cyber awareness should be on top of their mind all mm -hmm. the time. Because you never know when an employee is going to make a, is going to make a mistake, and it will not hurt individual. It will not hurt a department. It yeah. this is the only mistake that will impact the complete company. Mm. Especially with like generative AI, right, and that becoming more prominent, that's just going to open up so many more risks. Is a potential part of your platform that do you have like a specific module for like AI? related security because of like even phishing attacks right where someone a human doesn't have to write it write an email it can be automatically generated um how do you see ai having an impact for your business right so basically uh, we, we have an in-house content team that's the first thing so we don't rely on any external uh, production companies for the content because by the end of the day then you cannot keep your content up to date and the way the cyber threat landscape is changing every day, you have to make sure that your training content is updating, up, yeah. updating every, pretty much every month. So that is what we are doing right now. So every month our content team identifies what are the latest needs, what are the latest trends, and then they generate these modules that we assign to all of our customers to use them to train their employees. And nice. since the nature of this content is we call micro-learning, so these are bite-sized modules, maximum four or five minutes, so it does not take like 40 minutes of their time, like a punishment that someone is asking you to spend 40 minutes on learning every month, but it refreshes it in their mind. And the same case, they can also have 
like we keep on updating adding and we keep on keep on adding more content in our gaming platform so practically mm -hmm. speaking that is where they do not, do not need to move a finger all they need to do is to just go in this call uh just configure it and our system will keep on sending the new data to their employees yeah interesting <laughs> excuse me that's cool yeah and, and how do you see the next maybe couple of years playing out in the cybersecurity space have you potentially identified any trends or what's your thoughts on where the cybersecurity space could be in the next few years and developments within that well, AI and automation, these will be the two key things that I foresee because based on these generative AI and AI in general is getting that mature that it can resolve half of the problems. Right now, the massive issue for any infosec manager, for example, is to deal with false positive. Right? That, that's the major noise that they are dealing with. So AI will be solving a lot of these problems. And then we need to have automation to address the deficiency of human resources. And that is a focus of right hand as well. This year, we are planning to automate every single aspect of our platform where you nice. can just configure and you can rely on uh, its effectiveness. Yeah, that's really interesting. Cool. Um, is there, I mean, it's been a pleasure. You've shared some absolute, um, yeah, awesome insights. Is, is there anything else that you wanted to cover um, before we wrap up? No, uh, by the end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's, about, uh, it's all about how, how you learn. Uh, when when you're in the industry so i will recommend everyone like okay there's always a possibility and this is something that i try for myself is to learn from other successful founders if you are mm -hmm. starting a new company when if if you are dealing with cyber security that is where I, I will recommend to keep yourself to date with all the cyber uh practically speaking the yeah. complete threat landscape to understand what are the new things that are happening, how they are relevant to your industry and what you can do to serve your customers in a more effective way. Sure. And if the audience wants to get in touch with you or the, the team at Right Hand Security, what's what's the best way that they can do that? Well, uh, they, they can always, so our website have a, a, a support option. Uh, they can, if they want to connect with me, they are all, all more than welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can search Uzair Ahmed Gilani. And I will be more than happy to get in touch with them. Anyone, if anyone has any questions. Right. Well, it's been a, a pleasure to have you on, dude. Appreciate your time. Uh, good to chat. And we'll chat again soon. Thanks a lot, Stefan, for having me. Take care. No worries. Take it easy.